Hello and welcome to this audio version of the Universal Prior Substack, where I write about all things related to brains, minds, and their possible uses. My name is Jan, and I'll be reading some of the posts that I publish. If you like what you hear, consider checking out the blog at universalprior.substack.com and subscribe to get a notification whenever a new post is released. And now, without further ado, Applied Mathematical Logic for the Practicing Researcher Asking for a friend? What happened to Richard Hamming's social status after he started asking those pointed questions about the importance of research questions and individual career decisions? Was he, like, actually banished from the lunch table? Technically, I am modeling for a living. A couple of months ago, I started asking my colleagues during lunch what their definition of a model is. This question is important. Our job consists of building, evaluating and comparing models. I'm not hoping for an Aristotelian list of necessary and sufficient conditions, but it still appears like a good idea to survey the land. Also, admittedly, lunch can get a bit boring without challenging questions. I got a range of responses. Quote, a description of a phenomena from which you can reason, i.e. a description you can manipulate to tell more about the phenomenon than you would have been able to tell without it. It should be something like a representation of the model system without representing it completely. Perhaps, most importantly, that it preserves the causal relationships between the system elements without completely mapping these elements? An abstraction of reality. End of quote. I also ran into this adage again and again, attributed to a different person every time. Quote, all models are false, but some are useful. End of quote. Along similar lines, there is a quote from the influential computational neuroscientist Larry Abbott. Quote, the term realistic model is a sociological rather than a scientific term. End of quote. All right, survey done, lunch is over, back to... In search of tighter concepts. No, I am not satisfied. What do you mean it's a sociological term? What do you mean they are false? Can a model have a truth value? If a model is a representation or an abstraction or a description, then what exactly is a representation, abstraction or description? This is not some idle philosophical nitpicking. This question is immediately important. As a reviewer, I have to judge whether a model is good enough. As a researcher, I want to build good models. I'm not going to devote my career to building models if I don't have a really good idea of what a model is. I hope you can tell from my extensive use of italicized words that this is a topic I am rather passionate about. If the question of a good model is a sociological question, then it's subject to trends and fads. And if the term model is broad enough to fit detailed biophysical models, abstract phenomenological models, linear regression and a cartoon in figure 8 under its umbrella, then it's inevitable that our intuitive understanding of what constitutes a good model deviates. Heck, the term is so broad, technically even this should qualify. And here is an abstract painting of a very attractive albatross that could totally be a fashion model. So. In the spirit of conceptual engineering and dissolving questions, here goes my attempt of laying out what I think of when I think of models. This is obviously not authoritative and it's far from rigorous. This is just my working definition, which I wrote down to force myself to tighten my terminology. Mathematical logic to the rescue. Since we mean so many different things by the term model, it makes sense to start very general, i.e. mathematical. There is indeed a subfield of mathematics called model theory that makes some very useful distinctions. 
I'll trample over all subtleties to get to the core quickly, but consider checking out this or this, links in the post, for accessible introductory reading. Here goes my central definition. A model is a mathematical object that satisfies all the sentences of a theory. To make this useful, we have to further define the used terms. What is a theory? It's a set of sentences. What is a sentence? Well, it's pretty much what you would expect. It's a string of symbols constructed from an alphabet, according to some fixed rules. A famous example of a theory is piano arithmetic, but really the definition is much more general. One, a dynamical system given as a set of differential equations is a theory. Two, a cellular automaton given as a set of transition rules is a theory. And three, any recursively innumerable set of sentences of formal language given as a set of production rules is a theory. Now, to the other part of the definition, what is a mathematical object? Uh, phew, uh, you're opening a can of worms here. Um, but I'm pretty sure you'll recognize a mathematical object when you see it. Uh, the real numbers, the rational numbers, the integers, the natural numbers, all the cool stuff you could build from those sets, those are mathematical objects. The natural numbers satisfy the theory of, and are therefore a model of, piano arithmetic. For the three theories mentioned above, the mathematical objects that satisfy them are 1. A particular trajectory through state space, for example specified through initial conditions. 2. A particular evolution of the cellular automaton, again specified through the initial conditions. And 3. A particular Turing machine that implements the production rules specified through... you get the idea. If we are allowed to be even more hand-wavy, then we can also incorporate models a la Tyler Cohen, i.e. to model this headline, we have to come up with a theory, a set of sentences, from which the headline follows. One important thing to note here is that every model inherits every property that follows from the theory, but the inverse does not hold. Just because a model has a certain property, this property does not necessarily follow from the theory. In general, there will always be multiple models that satisfy a theory, each with different additional properties that go beyond what is prescribed by the theory. All fine and well, what does this added complexity buy us? Good models, bad models. Defining a model as an object satisfying a theory is broad enough to cover all the ways in which the term is used. For example, the entire spectrum of mathematical models, from detailed biophysical to normative Bayesian, is specified by a set of equations, i.e. a theory, and instantiated with parameter choices. Or, the cartoon in figure 8 is one particular, rather toothless, object that satisfies an implicit theory consisting of the set of conjectured sentences. And three, the albatross fashion model doesn't fit, but you can't have everything, I'm told. It also includes an interesting pathological case. To model a particular set of observations, we could just come up with a theory that contains all the observations as actions, but no production rules. Then the observations themselves trivially satisfy the theory. This is clearly useless in some sense, a data set shouldn't be a model, but looking deeper into why it's useless reveals something about what constitutes a good model, or by extension a good theory. Here is a possible definition. A good model of a phenomenon is one that allows us to understand something about the phenomenon. If all the models of a theory are good models, the theory is a good theory. Again, we need to define our terms for this to make sense. What is a phenomenon? 
A phenomenon is some conjunction of physical processes. It's something out there in the territory. What does understand mean? Understanding a phenomenon means predicting, better than chance level, the state of the phenomenon at time t plus 1 given the state at time t. Why does it make sense to set up things like this? Models with benefit. First, it establishes a neat hierarchy. Understanding is gradual. It goes from non-existing chance level to poor, consistently above chance level to great, almost perfect prediction to complete, 100% prediction accuracy. With this definition, a black box deep learning model that is able to predict a percentage of brain activity does provide some understanding about a part of the brain. Similarly, a mean field model that has lost some conversion factor in its units can also still be a good model as long as it's able to get the direction of the evolution of the state correct. Second, by making predictions the central criterion for the model quality, we avoid unproductive disputes resulting from mismatched terms. The usual example here is, if a tree falls in the forest does it make a sound, which can lead to a highly unproductive discussion if asked at the lunch table. But when explanations are evaluated according to their predictive power, misunderstandings are resolved quickly. Either a tape recorder will or won't record airwaves. Either there is or there isn't activation in some auditory cortex. Third, to have a good theory, you need to demonstrate that all its models are good, according to the definition above. This gets naturally easier if there are fewer models that satisfy the theory, thus incentivizing you to remove as many free parameters from the theory as possible. Ideally, you'll want a unique characterization of a good model from your theory. Finally, this definition formalizes the all models are wrong but some are useful adage. To get 100% prediction accuracy for a physical process, you have to go down to the level of particles. For example, having a fluid dynamics model of water motion will get you very far in terms of predictive power. In that sense, it's a very good model. But to get even close to 100%, you'll want an atomic model of water. And eventually, if you're pushing for even more predictive power, you'll have to decompose your problem further and further, and eventually you'll get into very weird territory indeed. Thus, to determine whether a model is good or bad, you have to figure out which phenomenon it is trying to explain and then determine if the model allows you to predict the time evolution of the phenomenon better than chance level. This is a relatively low bar, but in my experience it is still not easy to clear. Actually demonstrating that your performance is different from chance requires explicit performance metrics, which are not usually adapted. But that's a different story. Cliffhanger. This is almost all I wanted to say on the topic, but I glossed over an important point in that exposition. If a model is a mathematical object, why might we expect that it can predict physical processes out there in the territory? In fact, why should there be any similarity between the solar system and the atom? Why does analogical reasoning work? I'm so glad you asked. Stay tuned, I'll dig into that next time. This was an audio version of the Universal Prior Substack. If you enjoyed listening, consider subscribing to the newsletter to get a notification about a new post straight to your inbox. And with this, until next time!